0: Our scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 23. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in, the, in their case, the prophecy of I- Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear but never understand and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they've closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away.
1: Good morning. Uh, my name is Drew Bennett, one of the pastors here at Redeemer. It's good to see so many of you uh, back from summer, getting ready to start school. And we start a new series this morning. Uh, we talk a lot about the gospel around here. Well, what is the good news of the gospel? It's more than just a message of forgiveness and eternal life. The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom in the Bible, and especially in Matthew. Uh, the gospel is not, something, it's not just something to believe. It is something we're meant to become as we believe. We're going to say this over and over again throughout the weeks that we're going to be looking at these parables, but gospel doctrine creates gospel culture. Christians are people who are already living under the reign of Christ, and how we live right now is a preview of the way things will be when the not-yet-kingdom, the Bible talks about, fully comes to earth. Jesus talked about the kingdom a lot in the Gospels. When he talked about the kingdom, though, he used stories like the one we just read. And so over and over again, in Matthew particularly, you'll hear Jesus say things like, well, the kingdom of heaven is like this, and then use some sort of story to illustrate his teaching. So these parables, we call them parables, and they show us what the kingdom will be like and what those of us who believe should be like and should be becoming in the meantime. We're going to look at these parables in Matthew for the next few months, And so this morning, anytime you're going to do a series on the parables, you start with this one, this parable of the sower, because it is the parable of parables. It's the parable that explains the rest of the parables. It actually explains why Jesus chose to teach in parables. And it's a story about listening. It's a story about hearing. Uh, let Let me say this. I use those words somewhat interchangeably, but there also is a distinguishment that should be made between them, because they aren't exactly the same thing. Hearing is something that happens to us. Sound forces our attention, doesn't it? We obey instinctually, reactively, a clap of thunder comes down and and we, we jump because there's just something about the hearing of the sound that causes something to happen in us. But listening is something different. Listening is a conscious choice. It is a practice of focused attention. So Adam McHugh, who I'll talk about more in a minute, he says this he says, Hearing is an act of the senses, but listening is an act of the will. And we're talking about listening. Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah here, who described the people of Israel and many of us, with the phrase, verse 13, Hearing they do not hear. They hear, the words come, but there's not real hearing. In other words, they hear, but they're not listening you can hear God's word as you read it or in a sermon like this one and just hear it or you can hear it and really listen and Christians are listening people James 1:19 and 20 tells us this that we should be of all people quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry that should be our legacy that should be what we're known for but is it let me ask this question are you a good listener It's a really important question. It's a really important spiritual question to ask in your life. Because if you are, then you've got a head start in the kingdom. But if you're not, you've got ground to make up. Just think about it this way. Our primary spiritual practice as a people is to gather every Sunday in a room like this to listen to a message like this. And listen, I know how self-serving it is for a preacher to preach a text about listening to preaching. Okay? And yet it needs to be done. Because it's true, the way we live our lives is to gather weekly to listen. If you want your kids to grow up to love Jesus, you know what one of the things you have to do is in your parenting? You have to teach them to listen. It, because it's the, way, it's the way the kingdom comes. If you can't listen, you'll miss the kingdom. The gospel is news that has to be heard. And the truth is, we're really bad listeners, have you noticed? And we could say, in many ways, every one of the cultural ills that we see in our time is because we've lost our ability to listen. What an opportunity for Christians to lead the way in our our culture, that we, of all people, should be a listening people. And we see that in this text. This is what it's about. And so we're going to do three things this morning. I want you to see these three things as we describe what it means for us to be a listening people. I want you to see the necessity, because the text talks about the necessity of being a listening people, We really do need to be people who can listen. Secondly, it shows us the obstacles to becoming a a listening people. And then thirdly, it reveals to us the grace in Jesus that really can make you a a listening person. So those three things, you'll see the the three points of the outline there, the necessity, the obstacles, and the grace uh, for a listening heart. So let's just work through this together, beginning with just talking about the necessity of listening. Uh, We're in Matthew's gospel. In Mark, Jesus begins the same parable of the sower like this, with these words. Listen! Exclamation point. A sower went out to sow. Because it's a story about listening. We might restate Jesus' opening line there in Mark. Hear ye, hear ye. Which is, of course, a phrase used to get your attention, to quiet the crowd so that you can hear what comes next. But here in Matthew, it doesn't begin that way, but at the very end of the parable... He finishes, in verse 9, with this cryptic phrase that shows up many places in, in the parable teachings of Jesus. He who has ears, let him hear. Do you see that? The phrase means something like this. Pay attention. There's a lesson here, but it's not obvious. You've got you to really think. You've got to really listen closely and figure it out. Do you have ears to hear? That's the question. As I said, Adam McHugh, who's become one of my favorite writers... Uh, Honestly, Uh, He's written a little book called The Listening Life. And I'm stealing a bunch of his stuff this morning. But he notes that the words listen and, and obey, the two words, have the same root. And in Latin, the word obey, translated into English, means to listen from below. So obedience and listening are really the same thing. If I say, you know, my kids aren't listening to me, what do I mean? They're not obeying me. Think about this. Just think about our anatomy for a minute. We, we don't have ear lids to protect us from sound. Sounds have an invasive, inescapable quality to them. Neuroscientists tell us that the brain processes threatening noise in a tenth of a second much faster than any of the other senses. Sound summons us to a response. It seems we're made. We're made in the very fabric of, of the way we've been put together to listen. If you think about it, in this life, you listen before you're even aware of it. In the womb, an unborn child is already listening to the voice of her parents. We listen before we speak in life. And most of the time as we go through life, we should listen before we speak. In fact, we learn to speak by listening. As they say, we have two ears and only one mouth. We should use them accordingly, I think. That's supposed to be funny and kind of a chuckle, but I can, you know, you step on toes. I get it. Uh, Listen to this, though, not just in our createdness, but in the createdness of the universe itself. Here's Adam McHugh. He writes this. When we first meet the primeval universe in Genesis, we learn that it is uninformed and chaotic, but that somehow it has an ear because its first action is to listen to the voice that pierces the darkness. God commands light And the cosmos hears and obeys, and through its acts of listening, order and harmony supplant the watery abyss. Six days into the making of this listening world, God creates the first humans, and their original act is to hear, to hear the blessing, to populate the earth with other image bearers and God listeners. So he says, listening is foundational to what it means to be human. But also consider, not just creation, but redemption itself, the gospel is good news. It's news. It's the proclamation of something that has happened. It's not something for you to do. It's something that has been done for you that you hear about and respond to. We're saved by faith and not by works, the Bible says. And the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing. Hearing. We have to hear. The gospel is something to be heard. Jesus Christ won the victory over sin and death and hell through his life of obedience to the Father, and, and in his death on the cross as a substitute for our sin. That's the doing. There's no more doing, right? There's nothing more to be given, we sang. There's no more doing to be done. The only thing left to do for salvation is to hear what God has done in Jesus and to believe. And then to obey. And so we have to, fundamentally, I think, the way we've been created, the very way that redemption comes, we must learn this habit. Of listening, But secondly, we see, and the reason the parable was given is because this is not an easy thing for us to figure out in our lives. There are some great obstacles to this kind of listening. Uh, it's the danger of an unhearing heart, to live with a heart that, that hears but does not hear, that hears but truly doesn't listen. We have a hearing problem, the Bible says. Our spiritual ears don't work because of sin. And the parable teaches us there, there are three wrong ways to hear, and then there's one right way. And one of the unique features of the story as we walk through it now in, this ne- in the next few minutes is that the word you keeps popping up in the original language anyway, and, and the construction makes it emphatic. The you is the most important word in, in much of this story here. You don't get it in the translation, but if you could read it in the Greek, it's you. What about you? What, what, what's going on with you, the text is saying. And so we're meant as we read and as we study this together to try to find ourselves in the story. Which of these four kinds of soil is really the truth of our own hearts? That's, that's really what we're to wrestle with here. Which of these is, am I? And we see as we walk through and, and just ask, is that true of me or is that? And we come first to the path. And so verses 3 and 4. Jesus says, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds of the air came and devoured them. And then in verse 19, he provides the explanation, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart, and this is what was sown along the path. Now, I realize the dangers. Jesus is already using a metaphor to, to describe this here, and I'm going to use a metaphor to describe Jesus's metaphor so we can get in the weeds Possibly here, but we're going to do it anyway just to help us because we're not an agrarian society This isn't exactly land on us the same way it would have uh, the the original audience So I'm going to call this this path this kind of um, thing. I'm going to call this flight attendant listening (laughs) Because as soon as I say that you know what I mean, don't you? When you get on the plane the first thing that happens is the safety instructions and they've the, the the airlines have caught on by the way they know we're not listening to them any longer because it is so loud when they do this on an airplane now I mean they jack the volume up as loud they hurt your ears because they know nobody's listening and you uh, you know you've seen it you've been on planes often you've seen it so many times uh, and, and and I thought about this while I was flying this week and I thought about this you know Jonathan was with me and I said you know I'm not we're not paying any attention to what she's saying, but truth is, if something bad happened, I would have no idea what to do. <laughs> like, put your mask on first and then put somebody else, that's about all I know, right? But uh, because because you're hearing, uh, but you're not listening. And, but if it's your first time, you know, you're nervous, right? They say, it's not very likely, but in case of a water landing, water landing, okay, what's that? right and because you're nervous you hang on every word you want to know what's going on you want to get the instructions but after a while you figure you've heard it so many times you open the computer you pop in the headphones you check out and I feel bad for those people to be honest but it's the way we listen uh in many ways uh we are a little bit obsessed with baseball in our family and it's been that way since our kids were really little at the house we 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 lived in for many years as they grew up uh I can't tell you I couldn't even begin to count the number of baseball games that happened in our backyard. and uh, We eventually wore an entire baseball field into the yard uh, and home plate was at this one spot for years and years and years and after so many years uh, there was no sense even trying to get grass to grow there because it was you know we played wiffle ball and if you hit the ball over the house it was a home run and just I mean how many hundreds of neighborhood baseball games. And uh, we just, we wore, we wore it out so much. There was so much activity, right? We did it so many times that home plate just became, like in the summer like this, just this muddy patch of dirt that we would play on and then the kids would track it into the house. And so I eventually got rubber and put rubber down to try to avoid the dirty shoe, you know, prints in the home. But, but we had such a great time in that backyard Um, And that really is the analogy here, that you do something over and over and over again, and there's so much traffic along the path that it eventually becomes so compacted and hard because there's just so much activity that eventually nothing can get into the soil. It's a picture, the path is, of a hard heart. And a hard heart is an unhearing heart. I prefer, to actually, to use the word Jesus uses in verse 15. He uses the word dull. This people's heart have grown dull, he says. Familiarity breeds contempt, as they say. And contempt is just another word for dullness. So if you hear something over and over again, uh, if you, the more you hear something, the harder it is to continue to hear it. That's, that's really the analogy here. And it's true even of the gospel. It's true even of church. Spurgeon said this. He said, There's such a thing as being gospel hardened. It's possible to sender sermons till your heart becomes dead and callous, never startled, never astonished. You come to church, but yet the tear does not trickle down your cheek. Your soul never seems to mount up to heaven on wings of praise, nor deep mourning over sin. Your heart is iron unless God himself shall be pleased to crack it asunder with an earthquake or with a heartquake. There will never be room for the seat of heaven to lodge there he said and so we need to awake to the reality that there is real spiritual danger in hearing over and over and over again but never really listening because every time you hear but don't listen you make it harder to hear the next time the more you come to church without having done the work of preparing your heart to listen because see you got to come into this room and you got to come to the, the scriptures when you read them knowing how averse your heart is to the word being planted in it because of sin. And you got to do the work ahead of time of preparing your heart to not just hear but to listen. And the more we come without having done that work of preparation, the more danger we're in of becoming the kind of people that Jesus describes here where the word comes and it just sits on the surface and it never penetrates to the heart. And you, you hear but you don't understand. You don't take time to think it out. You don't, you don't put it all together. You you know. You read the Bible in the morning, and then you're done with that. You check it off your list, and you go on into the rest of the day, or you come to this meeting on Sundays, and you hear the sermon, but you, you don't come back to it later in the day or later in the week. You just move on into the next thing, and the enemy comes, Jesus says, and snatches away the word that God gave before it can plant itself in your life. Secondly, There's not just the path, but there's the rocky ground as well. So verses 5 and 6. Other seed fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. And then the explanation of verses 20 and 21. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. When tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Now, I'm going to call this self help seminar listening. And by that I mean that you can listen, but just listen for inspiration. You can listen because you know you need a pep talk, something to make you feel better about yourself, right? It's just some nice little thought, but there's no real deep thinking that goes on. I, Christian churches, excuse me, advertise that they preach practical sermons with real-life application and avoid all that stuffy doctrine stuff. And I've got a problem with that, to be honest with you, because when you're going through a really hard time, it's not the practical advice to get you through, it's the doctrine. I've seen it this week with my friends who are grieving the loss of people they love. You've got to be able to think deeply because it's those deep thoughts as you go down deep, as the, as the roots of your life dig deep into the Word. That's what gets you through. But this is the person, this rocky ground, is the person who just wants platitudes to plaster on their Instagram story. And when it gets hard, it says, they fall away. That word is scandalized. They're scandalized by the hard times because they think it's just all nice and cozy and it shouldn't be that way. They don't have the resources. They don't have the depth to make it through. And so the rocky ground is a picture of a shallow heart. A shallow heart is an unhearing heart too. Lots of stuff on the outside, but not much on the inside, no depth. It says, you'll notice there was not much soil, right? Your your heart needs the soil of deep reflection, theologically and community to flourish in the hard times. You gotta go deep. But then third, there are the thorns. So there's the path and the rocks, the rocky ground, and then the the thorns, verse seven, other seed fell, among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them and verse 22 provides the explanation for what was sown among thorns this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word and it proves unfruitful and i'm going to call this you ready buckle your seat belts for a minute i'm going to call this smartphone listening and again, as soon as I say that, you know what I mean, don't you? Because you've had experience having a conversation with someone where you keep getting interrupted by the phone. Where, you know, they keep, the person, either you or the other person, keeps pulling it out because you're getting dinged over and over again. Or right in the middle, you're saying something, you're burying your heart, and all of a sudden they pull the phone out and check it and start returning a text. Just a minute, hold on, I got to you know. Or looking up something on the phone, and it's one distraction after another. And, you know, since we're on the subject, can I talk about technology for just a minute? Because I've been reading some about this, and I have a particular bone to pick here as well, because the devices we carry around with us are designed by the people who made them to, to cause us to pay attention to them and to create in us a, um, an obsession, right? I mean, really, an addiction. to to the very thing we carry in our pocket. All of the science is telling us that these devices are literally affecting our ability to think deeply. They are are literally reshaping our brains to make us unlistening. And they force upon us what Linda Stone, who's a technology writer, calls a continuous partial attention. So that our thought life is so fragmented that we're losing the ability to focus our attention on anything long enough to think deeply about it. I mean, and, it, and it's pervasive in, in everything. I, you know, and I, I laugh so hard. I get in the car with my kids and they play music and we can't even listen to an entire song anymore. We're halfway through the song and it's just getting to the good part and we're going to the next song because we got to go on to the next thing. There's so many songs to listen to. There's so much stuff to do. There's so many things to click on. And it's, and, and, and it's just, it's massively affecting how, how we live our lives. If you've ever been to a restaurant and tried to have dinner with friends where there's a live band and it's it's an open, loud restaurant. You have to shout to have a conversation. It's one of my least favorite things to do, to be honest, in life. But um, that's what everyday life is now like because of the technology. It's never quiet. And so I'm really having to repent. My wife's been telling me this for years and I've been telling her she's crazy and now I'm having to eat crow and say I agree with her. But listen, let's put the phones away. With your, when you're with a friend, when you're at the dinner table. My dad just said amen, which I don't know if that's like a poke right at me. I'm not really sure what's going on there. I'm like, amen, listen to yourself there, son. Appreciate that, good. When you're doing when you're doing your bible reading when when we're here in this room bring bring a bible to church and not your phone uh, because these thorns are a picture of a distracted heart and a distracted heart is an unhearing heart as well the cares of this world verse 22 do you see that that's what i have in mind that word there care means to divide it means to distract so anxiety an anxious heart is a distracted heart And then he goes on to describe the deceitfulness of riches, which the two go together really because the deceitfulness of riches there is this belief that more is better. But listen, most of the time, more is just more. More things to worry about. More things to be distracted by. And so this is the person that has just too much going on, too much busyness, too much to worry about, and it's a threat to spiritual vitality, right? The the calendar's too full thorns choke the plant by stealing resources from the soil i mean the truth is there's only so much to go around you've only got so much time you've only got so much mental bandwidth you've only got so much margin in your life which is why jesus said elsewhere seek first the kingdom seek it first before everything else seek it first above everything else or else other things will come in and compete and choke out the word and then lastly see after those three descriptions then there's the good soil we got to come to finish here, verse twenty-three. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit, and it bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold; in another, sixty; and another, thirty. And this is. This is the heart that's the opposite of everything that Jesus has just said. It's the heart that's listening with a soft heart and not a hard heart, that's doing the work ahead of time and afterwards to keep your heart engaged, to keep the word in mind until it kind of can get underneath the surface of your life. It's listening. To go deep and not with a shallow heart. To think, to do theology, to work out the implications of what the Bible's teaching. To, to, to massage them deep into your heart until they really become a part of you. To take that truth into to the subterranean parts of your life through long, you know, reflection upon things. And then listening with a focused, sustained attention and not a distracted heart. Learning simplicity and even minimalism for the sake of the few really important things in life. That's the hearing that bears fruit. That, that's a sign of the good soil. And so lastly, then, as we finish this morning, so then how, how can you get this hearing heart? How do you listen obediently so that you can be like that last, that last, part, that last soil that Jesus describes there, the last kind of soil, the, the good soil that produces and yields a hundredfold? And, and here I'm going to say two things that might sound at first contradictory, but it's what the text says and it's what this whole middle section is about that's so hard to understand. And it's not really just hard to understand, it's, it's hard. This is hard teaching here by Jesus. This is this is really difficult stuff to wrap your mind around and to wrap your heart around. And here it is. Jesus says very clearly in that middle section, beginning in verse 10, going all the way to verse uh, 17, and I'm just going to summarize it for us mostly because we don't have the time this morning to go into it in detail, but Jesus says this, listening is grace, it has to be given by God. That's what he says. Verse 19, if you hear and understand, if the truth doesn't just stay on the outside, but it, if it actually gets into the soil of your heart and plants itself there, that is a work God must do. That's what Jesus says here. Look at verse 10. It's just right there. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in so that, seeing, they may not see. That verse, it's hard, but it says there are some to whom it has been given to know, and there are others to whom it has not been given. And so if you know, it's because it's been given to you to know. It's not because you're smarter than other people, or better educated, or more disciplined. It's grace. And that's a hard enough truth. But it gets even harder, because Jesus goes on to say that the reason that he taught in parables was because the stories themselves... This genre is unique in that it allowed those to whom it had been given to hear, to be hearing. And at the same time, it caused those to whom it had not been given to become unhearing. Verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Verse 15, for this people's heart has grown dull and with their eyes they can barely hear and their eyes, with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed lest they should see and hear and understand and turn and I would heal them. And so here's what Jesus is saying. If your spiritual eyes see, if your spiritual ears hear, it's due to God, 100%. But if you don't see, and if you can't hear, it's due to you. Now that doesn't feel like, that feels like two different things, doesn't it? It's a paradox. But it's exactly what the text says if we hear it's entirely because of god's grace the credit is all god's but if we don't hear it's entirely because of our willful neglect and the blame is ours look carefully again verse 15 this people's heart has grown dull their eyes they have closed that's the most direct statement they don't see because they've closed their eyes that's what jesus says but the whole of verses 13 through 15 And the Isaiah passage quoted in Isaiah 6 is to describe the spiritual neglect of the people. He's saying if you hear, it's grace. It's so hard to hear. It takes an act of God. It takes a miraculous work of the Spirit of God in your life for you to hear. And in light of that, don't be neglectful spiritually of trying to hear and obey. Don't allow yourself to fall into spiritual neglect. The parables are a type of judgment on those who have closed their eyes against the truth. And as a result, it becomes spiritually dull. You see, salvation is by grace. You don't get spiritual enlightenment by being good enough or smart enough. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 11. I thank you, Father, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have revealed them to little children. That's the way the kingdom works. It's grace. But the, t- the text clearly points us to the dangers of becoming neglectful of spiritual things. We, we, we we're trying this again. We planted flowers in the yard. Recently, and I've been reminded just in the last few weeks of how hard it is to grow uh, flowers in Florida. It's always too hot or too dry. It doesn't rain for two weeks, and then it rains more in, in five hours than it has the month before. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just so, so difficult. And, and, and really, there's a lesson. If you plant flowers in this area and then you just kind of leave them there and do nothing, what's going to happen? They're not going to be there very long. I mean, sometimes within a matter of a day. I mean, a day will will take them out. Flowers wither in the heat. The weeds come up. So if you're going to have a garden, you have to water and weed and worry over the plants. And it's the same in the spiritual life. You have to water and weed and worry over your heart. Because if you neglect spiritual things, the soil will grow hard and thorns will come quickly. Spurgeon said this. He said, Grace is exotic, and thorns are indigenous. Take care that you hear. Take care what you hear. Take care how you hear, and here's the truth. Here's the truth. You can't make yourself hear. That's God's work, but you can cause yourself to become unhearing. You can't cause the seed to plant itself in your heart and grow, but you can make sure that the ground is ready. And the picture here is of a field that's been prepared for planting, The path has been cut and the rocks have been pulled out and piled around the edges you can do that work you can't do the ultimate work but you can get yourself to the place where god can do the work on you that needs to be done and that's the ultimate lesson of the parable you see preparing the ground to receive the word when it comes is a matter of the right places and practices and ultimately being connected to the right person places like this where the word of the kingdom is proclaimed every week and practices like daily bible reading and prayer Give careful attention to the places and practices where God has said he does his work. The places and practices that connect you to the person whose work this is to do. I have good news this morning. You're not the sower. Isn't that great news? Moms, you're not the sower in your, in your kids' lives, and neither am I. I'm not the sower in your life. We are the soil. The sower is the Lord Jesus. And Jesus himself modeled obedient listening that bears fruit for us. As you read the Gospels, particularly the Gospel of John, which we just finished, you get the sense that he's a part of a conversation that's going on that no one else hears and is a part of. Anybody else get that feeling? He says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. His whole life was shaped by listening. And if you believe in him, then he is in you, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And listen to what John says about the Spirit. Jesus said this in John's gospel, when the spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And at the center of his life, at the center of all reality in the universe is a community of people who listen. Listening is the heart of Of all reality. And so, if you, through the right places and the right practices, if you get into Him, this God, this listening God, and if He gets into you, if the Spirit comes, then He will make you into a person who listens too. Isn't that good news? He who has ears, let him hear. Amen. Let's pray. So, Father, we realize how prone we are to being the soil that, um, that Jesus describes here that is hard or just shallow or distracted and not the soil that's been prepared in advance and it's ready to receive the word. We, we haphazardly come, not having done our du- due diligence to prepare our hearts, uh, naive to just how broken we are, just how averse the conditions of the soil of our heart is to the gardening that you would do upon us as we come and hear your word forgive us this woeful neglect how silly of us to think uh, that spiritual things can be so flippantly practiced it's a war there's a war and we've got to go to war and we've got to take every care and, and every due diligence in our lives, and, and we just confess that we've not. And so many times we have become unhearing. Would you please unstop our ears? Would you please clear the clutter and the distraction of our minds away so that in this moment, maybe just in this moment, we would hear, and not just hear, but hear and understand, hear truly listen hear and hear the voice of the shepherd calling to us our world is so fraught with distraction and so i want us to just take a minute in this moment we're, we're hardly ever quiet molly and patrick are going to play really softly All right, let's just take a minute to listen what would god say What's the whispers that have been on the the edges of your life recently that you've just not stopped long enough to listen to? He speaks. We're told that in the word. God speaks still to his people. Open our ears, Father, to hear from you. Lead and guide us. Practical, tangible ways in our lives. May we be people who come into the kingdom because we have ears to hear and we have eyes to see. Help us turn away from our dull, our spiritually dull hearts. To take seriously the call to be the good soil that bears fruit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Then here, hear this word of good news to you one more time. As he sends us out, he sends us with words to listen to that they may reverberate in our hearts to give us the courage that we need to obey him. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace both now and forevermore. Amen. Go in his peace. God bless.